This episode of The Legend of Retro is sponsored by Detroit Beard Collective. Dot com, where you can find beards of all shapes and sizes. You can find your collection. Nope, you can find beard supplies such as beard balms, mustache wax, beard elixirs, combs, shampoos, all the tools you need to feed your beard. Not not necessarily purchase collections of beards. Where do I get a beard though? From your own face, typically. Now, you're an unfortunate fellow who who obviously can't grow a beard too well. But if you are a person who has great facial hair, Detroit Beer Collective is the one to help you out. I'll tell you what, I may not be able to grow facial hair, but I sure as hell can appreciate it. That's right. And you know what I can do? What? Spend money. That's right. You go on DetroitBeerCollective.com. If you spend $25 or more, you can use the offer code MCGAMING and get 20% off your order. That's great. That is great. I so, can spend more money on beards that way. Right. Uh, oh, what? On beard items. Thank you. That's, I'm scared now. No, don't be. It's That's, okay. So so thank you, Detroit Beer Collective, for sponsoring this episode of The Legend of Retro. Remember, everyone, use the offer code MCGAMING at checkout and receive 20% off your order of $25 or more. And get some beards. Supplies. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Hello, and welcome to this edition, this brand new relaunch. We're back. Smell that? Smells new. Smells like smells like a freshly opened comic book. I think this is Jazzy's mic normally. Okay, yours smells like old cheese. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he I can't tell. What I else think he it puts is. his feet up on his microphone. Oh yeah, that makes sense. That's gross. Yeah. Anyways, welcome anyway, to the Legend of Retro. We made it. We're back. We're back. Finally, 2017, baby. Sorry that you had to put up with so much of an absence. I know we were busy, you know, building our uh, tech empire, mm-hmm. uh, partnering with Anonymous, right, and. You know, there were some things that got along the way that kind of distracted us, but we're back. We're yeah. back better than ever. So oh, good. Uh, and we are here launching with not just not just a random game, right? Right. We wanted to come back with a bang, sort of. Sure. And yep. I, I'm married, uh, and Chops is in a committed relationship. Correct. And it just seemed awkward to start with a bang, so we decided to do Final Fantasy IX. Yeah. No. Uh, oh, I got it now. Yeah. I got to know. Yeah, that's also why we're not allowed to live stream like <laughs> with video. Uh, we can do that on UStream. Yeah, the Wild West. Yeah, the Wild West of live streaming. But we're here with Final Fantasy IX. Mm-hmm. It is a very popular Final Fantasy game in this yeah. series, and one of the last retro style Final Fantasy games for the uh, PlayStation One. Mm-hmm. And the next one didn't come out until PS Two. Yeah, Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy Ten, 10. which. I didn't. It was not my favorite. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I didn't. I got uh, I got a good ways through it, and then I just decided, no, I'm bored. I don't really care anymore. It was okay, but, you know, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Oh, we got some notifications on this computer. We're going to silence those. It's a good idea. And muted. Muted. Perfect. Perfect. Now we're ready to start for real. It's true. <laughs> anyway, so Final Fantasy IX, what mm-hmm. year did this come out? Do you know? This came out in 2000. Okay. November that, 13th, 2000. That seems like a long time ago. Yeah. But around that era, uh, it I felt like there was a lot of Final Fantasy games within a, within like a five-year period there. Yeah. I mean, you had Tactics. You had Final Fantasy VIII, Final Fantasy VII. Um, 
I mean, Square was going nuts at the end of the nineties. Like yeah, the well, 2000s. that was that was the beginning of their merger with uh, Enix, right? It was shortly thereafter. Yeah, because it was originally Square Soft. Yeah, Square Soft, and then became Square Enix. Yeah, but okay, so so it came out two thousand seven. PlayStation. 2000. I'm sorry, two thousand. Sorry, yeah. two thousand. PlayStation One. Yeah, it is. It kind of tied the end of uh, what. Square was calling their Summer of Square, if you recall that. I don't. So Summer of Square started in June of 2000, and you, they released um, Legend of Mana in June. Mm-hmm. The following month was Threads of Fate, and then the following month was Chrono Cross. Oh, wow. Um, and I think Vagrant Story year. was after that, or maybe that was just before. I don't that recall. That was probably, I think that was before. Yeah. And then to kind of wrap up was, was Final Fantasy IX. Wow. Yeah. So a huge year for good, solid RPGs on the PlayStation. I would say that was the one of the last for me, best yeah. uh, best years of of those RPGs, those classic RPGs. Because mm-hmm. originally this game was created as a throwback to the original roots of the Final Fantasy games. Yeah. Because they had like ten. The crystals came back. Yeah. The, yeah. They had ten in development already. Mm-hmm. They had an ideas for eleven and twelve. I think yep. by then too. Eleven and they being were, the the MMO. Yep. They were going in different directions, so they wanted this to kind of be the last hurrah of their. Not eight bit, but they're they're yeah, retro and, style. RPGs. And that was uh, another thing was with uh, obviously seven focused a lot on like industrial and how everything was like advancing was into future, a more modern yeah. game. And then Final Fantasy VIII was just everything just looked futuristic for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then this was a callback to just straight up swords and knights and yeah, right back to your Final Fantasy threes and and before, um, which was cool. I like that because you did yeah with with seven. And eight, there was such a unique world created with those, with Shinra and yeah. the way that there was like genetics involved in seven, but then the school kind of mentality with eight. Um, I really like that idea. But then to, to kind of harken back to those nights in the eras that we were grew up on, yeah, of like when we played dress up as a kid, like you castles know? and dragons, yeah. and like and pretend to be there a knight. you know, those monsters and stuff, and and the other ones. No, but, but this it, one was really just trying to get back to the roots it, of the yeah. series. It really reflected chi- reflected childhood uh, memories, you know. So let's get into kind of so we've talked about the game started what it harkens back to mm-hmm. I, I guess before we get into the details of the game when was the first time that you've played this uh, I I got it for Christmas the year that it launched mm-hmm. um, because I spent all the extra cash that I had on getting the Summer of Square games right away um, and I was still playing Chrono Cross like a maniac so I just decided you know instead of, of saving up the extra cash and buying this day one and starting right away I'll just put it on the Christmas list and hopefully it works out and mm-hmm. it did so oh, nice how about you? I so with a lot of the games that I played in the PlayStation era, I don't remember how they came to me. Yeah, because <laughs> my brother worked at a video store, so a lot of times he was able to. So this we had our, my PlayStation was uh, modded, mm-hmm. so we were able to copy games, burn them on a disc, you and then play. <clears throat> so yeah, sure. And um, so he would bring home stacks of games from the video store, and then we would just play those. Um, yeah. So there was very few games that I bought. So Final Fantasy VII was one. Mm-hmm. Nine, I think I borrowed from a friend, and I mm-hmm. played that until I beat it. Uh, so I I think it was shortly after it came out, maybe 2001. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't remember ever owning the game, which is kind of upsetting because, yeah. like, all these old RPG games that I loved playing – some of them I still have, but some of them I don't even remember how I played them, but I played them, which right. is kind of weird. Do you still have that modded PlayStation? Yes. Cool. Yes, I do. So you could go back, still go back and play Oh, yeah. Those? Okay. 
We've got a ton of crap games, right? To be well, with you, as we'll find out in Retro Relapse, there were a, there was a lot oh, of there's a lot of crap yeah. on the PlayStation. <laughs> wow. But hey, that's that's how I got to play Robo Pit. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is probably the only way it will ever exist because I've never oh, it's so great. Seen proof of this I game? I bought so. it. I think I bought it eventually. Wow. And I think I owned the second one, which I didn't know there was a second wow. one. That's so. Anyways, that's that'll commitment. be for that'll be for another episode. No. <laughs> so, oh yeah, Will, I'm gonna make you play it. All right, fine. I'm gonna make you play it. So this is a JRPG. Yep. Kind of hard. It, like if you don't know what a Final Fantasy style RPG is, mm-hmm. they're, they're similar in the aspects of there's typically a turn based in this genre yeah. or in this in this era, they're typically turn based. You have either people being specific classes or you have people um, building specific, uh, like skill sets. A particular set of skills. Yes. In this one though, I, what I loved about it was every character though was locked to their class. Yeah. Unlike 7, unlike 8 where you could kind of meander and go through between a, a black mage mm-hmm. or white mage ability or whatever. They had a really good ability system in this game. Uh yeah. So tell me tell, well you tell a little bit about it. So um with Final Fantasy 7 they had the whole um Materia, which I love, where you That's had your favorite. items and your your uh, armor would have slots, and you could put things in, and everybody could learn all the different magic and blah blah blah. This one kind of took that same idea, where depending on what item you had equipped, there were different abilities that you could unlock, and if you were tra- like you could put gems in them, you had like these, you had points for. Um, equipping certain skills, mm-hmm. and you would learn Once that like like hearken to your like origin stats like, yes like, like things that so were like certain, innate in you yeah so there are certain things that um uh would only apply to certain characters like right. there are there are stones that just only had summons for the summoner characters right. and so on and so forth uh, um, i think they were called uh eidolons eidolons that's correct um so what they did is um you have these items and if you have the items you can you can use the abilities um for as long as you're equipping that item but if you commit the time and the and the gems to learning it, it would stay with your character. Yeah, and that was huge. Yeah. Because it gave you that flexibility of, hey, I could dedicate my character to this. It may suck for a little while, mm-hmm. but I know that once that's mastered, it's only going to improve my next level, yeah. next weapon I get, next armor I get that, that helps overall boost those innate abilities of those characters. Yeah. So instead like of, Steiner. And, so yeah. instead of, in, uh, like, where with Materia, you... you were using that one piece of materia and you were leveling that up and you could throw that across all the different characters you were leveling up your character mm-hmm. and you were gaining their skills you can give them extra hit points you can make them immune to all the different status effects uh, just a ton of different things increase your chances to steal stuff like that so every character had something different and in, with Final Fantasy games you get re- like it's a reward to, to pay off or to to you know, put the time in for that mm-hmm. because it gets treacherous in those games. Like, yeah. eventually, there's parts where like you're fighting enemies that literally status you everything that they yep. possibly can. So it's worth it to you know give a ribbon to this character mm-hmm. or give them something that prevents stun and have them level that up and become a, a, a set ability because you're not even gonna get a chance to use all your cool stuff because yeah. you'll get poisoned or stoned or whatever. Right. And you wouldn't have to worry about like having to equip have this certain thing equipped. Um because I mean every every item had its own status effect or right. whatever it could do on top of learning abilities. So there's an an um item called a coral ring that was always one of my favorite things to mm-hmm. help me level build. It uh I don't remember the abilities that it taught the characters because sometimes it was different with each one, but the big thing that the coral ring did is it would absorb electric da- or electricity damage to you. And it would heal you, right? Yeah. 
Yep. So there are these things called Grand Dragons, and we've talked about this on the podcast before when I was playing Final Fantasy IX not too long ago, um, where they will like slash you and deal a crap ton of damage. They'll try to poison you, or they'll hit you with uh, Thundaga. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you got hit with the Thunder, it was like you're instantly dead. Otherwise, now it's healing you so you can stay alive at very low levels right? and hope to God he doesn't do his physical attack. Because yeah. you could turn something on to make you immune to poison, so you didn't have to worry about that. And then you have the coral ring, which lets you absorb, you know, heals you. And then once you hit a certain level, you could just go in and farm those things. There were ways to kill them really quick. If you had Quena in your party, you could teach her a uh, certain, uh, like, it's like power glove or something. like. I don't remember what it is exactly. Uh, but you could just take those things out and get, like, a ridiculous amount of experience. Like, almost like thirteen to 15,000. Oh, yeah, that was experience booster, yeah. Yeah, like, and it, when you first encounter them, there's a Moogle that's like, hey, dude, don't go out there because you're going to get killed. Uh, but if you had the you know the proper equipment and you could go up there and level build like crazy, and that's what I miss in, in current RPGs is that strategy. Yeah. So like most of the time you're being funneled characters and like sent on side quests because they want you to level mm-hmm. because the next part is such a large difference in strength and defense yeah. that you have to power through. But in Final Fantasy games, th- they made it more of a strategic role-playing game where, yeah, you can power level through these things. Yeah, you can grind up your character to get the skills you want, but if mm-hmm. you're smart and you plan it out right, you can make it through with the bare minimum but just be a bad at bad you know, but bad dude, a bad dude player. <laughs> uh, and that's what I miss. And I really like about final fantasy seven and final fantasy nine, eight. Yeah. I didn't play a huge amount, Yeah, but I'm trying to get into it right now. Yeah. That's, and that's kind of what sets JRPGs apart from like Western RPGs. Mm-hmm. Western RPGs. I, I've never been able to really get into too many of them. There's like a, a, a handful of them that I've, I've really gotten into. But they're I like the mostly whole, open world. Yeah, they're open world. Kind of go Mass out and find effects, these things. Skyrim. Yeah, where it, it you can. There's not really a way to grind your levels out. Like I love the idea of just being able to stand outside and just fight like Pokemon, where mm-hmm. you are just fighting things to make your character you know stronger, as opposed to going on quests to get this item that then makes you stronger. Right. Yeah. When you're relying heavily, and I think that's something that this game shines on in the Final Fantasy games is that they don't rely heavily on items. Yeah. Or weapons. Uh, it certainly helps. It, it certainly helps. And in Final Fantasy VII, I guess the thing that they weigh heavily on, or at least you can be, which is limit breaks and mm. summons, but you can't get those unless you're trained up. Yeah. Unless your health is at a certain level. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a high attack, high crit rate. Yeah. Um, or you have the correct spells to boost those things, mm-hmm. uh, like haste or hastaga, you know, like yeah. the higher level spells. So and in Final Fantasy IX, because the characters are so specifically focused on their abilities and not learning everything, you there's so much more reward when you max out a character and you get like their ultimate attack yeah. from an item and then you're boosting it on top of that with their armor that they're equipped. Mm-hmm. So it's all a little bit more of an in-depth build instead of quest hunting, like you said, yeah. item hunting, which uh, to me is not enjoyable. Right. I, I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah, it, it really depends on the game and, and how it goes. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I definitely prefer the JRPG style when it comes to RPGs in general. And so so we're going to go into a little detail as characters, yeah. um, which, for example, VV is a harken back to their old classic games yep. because he is a directly or it i guess is directly a black mage yep so in the in the original final fantasy game you had i was it five different five or six different classes you had the fighter fighter, a thief a warrior a red mage a white mage and a black mage yeah so black mages back in in that original game were just these little guys wearing blue robes and the steepled hats and their glowing eyes yep and that's exactly what vv is in this oh yeah literally (laughs) yeah like it's a blacked out face Mm -hmm. 
ball. It just looks like a ball yeah. or, or an empty void. Yeah, no one really knows. Eyes, exactly mittens. Like, like a Jawa. Yeah, it's basically like a Jawa, but pleasant looking. Right. And it's so cool to see that. Like, yeah. Because you think of back in the day of those sprites and how mm-hmm. much they directly affected, like, how RPG characters look through for years yeah. on afterwards. Like, you know everybody was trying to look like that. Yeah. And then to see them create a 3D model, the version of him, mm-hmm. is, is awesome. Yeah. And, like, when you look at Final Fantasy VII and Eight, like, you have all these different characters who all have, a, like, a different style to them. But looking at them, you don't know what they are. And right. that's what's that's what I one of the things I really like about Final Fantasy IX is you can kind of look at them and be like, oh, this must be the healer. This must be the, the knight. This must be the thief. You know, whatever. They all have. The only one that's kind of ambiguous is Quena because she's just a weirdo anyway. Uh, yeah, Zidane is a little ambiguous too because he, he reminds me more of a thief, which he is, mm-hmm. but, but he kind of plays like a warrior uh, slash fighter. Uh, to me, he does. Yeah, that I no. I'll I'll disagree with you on that. One. Okay. Well, so so we have Zidane, who's one of the main characters. Yeah, Zidane is arguably the main. He's character. the protagonist. Yeah. You have Ad- Adalbert Steiner, which mm-hmm. is the uh, loyal knight, aka Rusty. Yep. Um, like we said, we have Vivi Ornetier. Mm-hmm. I, think I, I never French remember or something. Uh, then you have the heroine Garnet, mm-hmm. who also goes by Dagger, which I thought was a terrible name. Yeah, I mean that was just. Uh, if you if you remember how she got the name in the game, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. They're it trying does. To, to hide her because she but ran away from the castle and it's like, oh, you slip in quick and. But it's just a bad name. Yeah, like you don't name a character after a weapon. That's I don't know. She's Anyways. trying to go undercover, man. You have Queen of Queen mm-hmm. and Ico. Mm-hmm. You have Amaranth. Amaranth. Yep. And then Freya. one of my favorites, Freya. Yes, Freya is Freya, fantastic. I, I don't know why. I like Freya so much. I think that's probably the color scheme yeah. of the character, the style the of theme character, song. just the whole attitude of the character is one of my favorites. Yeah, and the, another thing that this game really brought back was the individual themes for characters. Yes, yeah. They, they had their own history without even you telling it. Yeah. You could see it in, in the sound, yep. see it in how they looked, and, and hear it in the sounds and the music that they had. Yeah. Like if, uh, and I, I hate to dog on Final Fantasy VIII, but like if you were to look at- No, please do. So you you got Zell, right? That's I, honestly, the only characters I know are Squall. Yep. So you and, got Squall and and Raina. Oh, was I that forgot his. The, who's the other guy? With the gunblade. Like, was Squall the with the gunblade? Squall had the gunblade. He was the main. And then there was character. another guy that had a gunblade. Oh, um, yes. I can't remember. Wow, his this name. is terrible. Yeah, this is how much of an impact like, eight uh, made eight, on me. Eight, <laughs> eight, I did not like. Yeah, I'm eight, trying. It was play the it. villain. It was like Cypher. I don't want to leave. I don't even want to safer, look it up. Safer, something like that. S e i f e r. Get on your right. Anyway, get on your point. Um, what was I? Oh yeah, just like so they're they're all white people <laughs> who are just Fair. dressed in different ways. And if you look at Zell, you have no idea what what his fighting style is. He doesn't have like a, a main weapon. You have Irvine who has a cowboy hat and a trench coat, shoots a shotgun. Like, what class is that? It's just uh, the gunslinger. The gunslinger. Yeah. There's guns. Guns was a huge thing in eight. Yeah, it's huge just, for no reason. And yeah. then they stuck with it after that. And in uh, eleven, like they just keep going back with guns and yeah. in RPG games. It's dumb. Anyways, but, so yeah, so it's just cool to see like with Final Fantasy nine, all the different characters. Like you said, you can take a look at them. You can know what class they are, um, you, except for Queen. Well, yeah, uh, you can hear their theme song and kind of get an idea, like. Final Fantasy VI was was uh, is uh, arguably one of my favorite Final Fantasy games. It's it's always a constant co- toss up between six and nine, um, but six like you have the character Gao. You remember Gao? No. 
So Gao was the uh, the wild mage, if you will, like the almost uh, he just would fight enemies and he would learn their abilities if they got used on him. Oh, cool! All right. But he was like this orphan left in the wild and just grew up on his own. And he had this really sad and depressing theme song, and it gave you like a hint of what what this character was about. Yeah, and that's what I that's with me being the music nerd that I am. I love being able to feel that through the music and. Nobuimatsu's comp- uh, compositions and those are just incredible. And and to accompany that with the character design, so yeah. Queena is just literally a lickatung, pretty much. Yeah, um, a lickatung clown. Whereas an apron has like a almost uh, it looks it's like a, some sort of weird masquerade mask and just a tongue that's always perpetually out. It's creepy but fun. Yeah, it's and it's a weird it's, combination. It's strangely endearing. Like yeah, really. Uh, even though it's like an emotionless face, you can't help but love Quina. Yeah, and then like the backstory and yeah. So one of the huge things with this game that they didn't do in any other games was the active time events. Yes, and this is a huge way to get involved with these characters, which is basically as the story progresses, you're allowed to go to another scene where the other characters are yeah. at and act as them. Yeah, so as soon as you enter a city, all the people would be like, oh, dude, I totally want to go check this out, or I want to go check this out. And you would, after your, whatever dialogue would pop up, it would pop up in the corner, say ATE, active time events. There were some that you couldn't skip and some that were optional. Right. And it gave you an idea of like, oh, Vivi went this way, what's he facing? And he goes off in this place and people are like, what are you? We need to beat you up because mm-hmm. you're different from us. You know, And you kind of learn what these characters are going through. So when they all meet back up later, you're like, what was that guy doing? Oh, I know because I just watched everything as opposed to just assuming. Well, and you're not, like, in the most recent Final Fantasy game, it's like, oh, well, let's go do this mission for this character mm-hmm. and figure out what they want to do and see that. So that everybody has to go. You have to go separate. Like, like it seems like in modern RPGs that there is so much, like, oh, well, if I'm not with the character, then I can't do anything with them, or it has to be everybody goes and does it. Yeah. Um, and it takes you away from the game, whereas these little moments, and they weren't long, Mm-hmm. Sometimes they gave you special items, which was cool, which is a nice payoff. But it built lore. Yeah, and it built connection with the characters, mm-hmm. and that's something. It, it's it's great storytelling. Yeah. So that's something I like better, and it's something I've learned through college. It's it's the show don't tell mm-hmm. thing. So you show a person how the emotion instead of telling them, because then they they internalize it and they're able to get more connection based off of what you said. Yeah. So to have those events. With characters that you don't talk to, you're primarily playing as a Dane. You know, it it, it added so much more depth to the story than yeah. I don't think anybody expected. Yeah, and there's there are so many moments that you see that you 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 know it's like one of those dramatic irony kind of things, or like the the viewer knows what's happening, but they're still waiting. They know things that the other characters don't. Yeah, it's they're like, waiting to get when direct. is this going to happen? So yeah. you get invested. You want to know when they're going to find out. Like. Oh, so and so ran over this way, and he's he's been kidnapped. Like, when's Zidane gonna find out? Or right, right, and that's and and, and I think these gameplay moments and this the, all the things we're talking about, character structure. This is why this game has the highest Metacritic score out of all the Final Fantasy mm-hmm. games, which is crazy because I don't think it's as popular as yeah. seven or as popular as ten or uh, even as dumb as it is ten two. You know, yeah. th- mostly because of the hype of the girl right protagonist, but. It's crazy that this game got the best rating but isn't as popular as the other ones. Yeah, and it's also weird to see that that storytelling aspect of the active time events was never incorporated in any other game. No, I I, I don't know necessarily if you can do that now with the way that the games are. Yeah. It depends. It has to, I guess I would like to see it, but yeah. it just, just, just depends. Yeah. So we have all these characters. The extra, So the only characters that you, I think you have to work extra for um, is Queena, right? 
no, all the character. There's not really a hidden character. Like you can make it through the game without one of them, can't you? I maybe Quena. I thought so, but I couldn't remember. I could be wrong. Um, I'm trying to think because like Quena is, and I always leave her in my party anyway. Yeah. But there are certain moments I feel like she or he, because they in the game she's listed at any time they refer to Quena, it's S slash he. Yeah. Um. I feel, feel like she's got a, a pivotal role in some things, but I guess it is just like her running know, off and doing remember. her own thing. Well, no, I think she has to be because there's a moment where when you meet Aiko, there's like a big cooking thing, and Quena's like, "Let me show you how to make this food." Oh, okay. So I think Quena is, is a is a necessary part of the game. It might be you can kind of go a little bit farther before you find him, her, whatever you want to say, Shim, Shim, Shim. <laughs> um. But I don't think it's one of those things where you have like you you can go through without it. Okay. Now the main story is basically you know you're you're going to kidnap quote unquote yeah, the so princess. You, you are part of of Tantalus, which is a uh, um, a thieving organization. If you want, if you will, <laughs> it's literally like a club for thieves. Yeah, like slash fun clubs. Yeah, <laughs> slash actors. And they decide they're going to go. They're going to kidnap the princess and and get whatever payout comes from that. But what they don't know is that the princess wants to leave. The, the princess uh, knows something is up with her mom. And she's like, well, I need to go talk to my Uncle Sid and see if we can find out what's going on. So you go in to kidnap her. And she's like, hey, let me could just let me take me with you. And things like, yeah, yeah, we'll do yeah, that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's, let's just go along. And like he's Get in our airship. He's a, he's a womanizer. So he's just like, oh, this, this lady is beautiful. With a tail. Yeah, with a tail. Uh, you run into Vivi and all these other, you know, Steiners is trying to protect the princess. So, and he has no idea that she's well, wanted to run away. Right, I love him because he's the character that's well. As long as you're with them, I'm with you. Character. Yes, and I love those characters because they're like the like the regrettable or, or like not regrettable, but like oh, fine, I'll go along with you kind of characters. Yeah. And like constantly saying like, no, absolutely not. We're not doing this. Yeah, she's doing this. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I love those kind of characters because they're just so. Their personality is so different. Yeah, and it's and it's really cool, like seeing all of his like, um, his character going from like I'm going to stand up for her no matter what, and then quickly realizes like, or I'm going to stand for the for Alexandria and 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 be a uh, a knight for this the entire time, and then when the queen turns out to be like insane, and is doing all these insane crazy things, you see Steiner like kind of break. Mm-hmm. And that you know, there's there's so many moments in that game where you see the characters go through something crazy, and it completely changes the way they are. Yep, the storytelling, just the struggles that they're able to put these characters through is great. Yeah. So, um, you make it to I believe it's Bermesia, is the town. That sounds right. I don't know. I can't remember. Wherever, I'll be honest. I'm the Sid's worst from. with remembering names um, of things. I'm pretty sure. Well, Bermesia might be where Freya's from. Anyway, you make you it know to, you can look it up. I absolutely could, but the phone's already. I can. I really have to reach. Anyway, you make it to whatever town Sid's from, um, and he's he's gonna try to help you out. But he needs an airship. But he's been turned into an oglop, which is like a weird like bug thing. <laughs> I remember that. And so there's and then you you have to kind of go on this quest. But then you run into Freya. Like you just keep running into different people. It's like, hey, I need to go do this, or I need to go do this. And there's as you're going on these other quests, you see the new villain who's coming in and where his role comes Everything's in. Everything's tied in. Like, yeah. you may think, like... You like, think it's, like, such a small scale. along the way are, like... But there are so many things going in the background. Right. Along the way are just distracted by these little people that they're meeting, little quests, but what they don't realize is that 
everything is connected and that the reason why they're coming together is kind of the same goal. Limblum. Limblum. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, it's kind of the same goal, which is, well, who's the main baddie? Well, the first main baddie. Kuja. Kuja. Who has and, such an amazing theme song. And, and so Kuja is literally created Vivi. I guess mm. I don't do. It's okay to give spoilers for this, right? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, arguably, it's a seventeen-year-old game. Um, yeah. So we're we have uh, Vivi is not a human. Vivi yeah. is a is a robot. Yes. And yeah, there's this whole thing of like there are these black mages that uh, Alexandria is using that you find out are manufactured, and it's such a, a a wacky thing for Vivi to go through because he thinks he's just a normal person. He doesn't realize that he has been created. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a pretty heartbreaking moment when he comes to that realization. There's a lot of heartbreaking. Yeah, there's a lot of deep it's stuff. It's a lot. It's a mind, you know, mess up of of character development. Because mm-hmm. so you have this character who thinks he's real, but basically has no soul. Yeah. And so then before you, before we go any further okay. to some of the other characters, let's just say there are definitely some spoilers coming ahead. So if you've yes. not played Final Fantasy IX, first off, what's wrong with you? Second off, go do it. Um, and then also just know that we're going to be talking about it in depth. So we apologize in advance for anything gets spoiled, but I mean, you should play it by now. You really should. I don't think this will ruin the game for you. No, if anything, it may, it may drive you to kind of want to learn more because we're not going to say every single aspect. Um, in the, in the whole revelation of Vivi being like something that was pretty early is fairly early on in the game. I think it's by like the second city you start to figure out. But what I'm about to say is very late. Yes. So to have a character that is an Android robot guy, have no soul and then to find out that your main character Zidane is literally he's in a stolen body mm-hmm. he's a person from another world yep. in a, another person's body is crazy yep crazy yep and that whole scene of him f- finding that out and when he just doesn't want to do anything anymore I don't blame him right his whole life <laughs> is turned upside down so you have this but boss. that's also such like that music that plays there yes. is, uh, is called You're Not Alone um, and the battles that go through that and like well, all these people he's fought for, like given everything of himself, are he just doesn't care well, anymore. Well, and it and it builds because the guy that you thought was the bad guy isn't the bad guy. Right? He's the lackey of the bad guy. Mm-hmm. He just ruined everything. Yeah. He so he and Kuja, he was trying to fight against, like he was trying to go against him. Right. And then he kills him. He kills yeah. uh, uh, Garnet. Gar- no, it's uh, uh, it starts with a G. I can't remember. Um, I think I have it written down. Garland. Garland. Yeah. Who was the first boss in the original Final Fantasy? Right, or at least the name. So Kuja, <laughs> to kind of let you know, there's like another world that people are dying in that world because the, the the actual planet's dying, mm-hmm. and they develop a way to transfer the souls and minds of those people to this world. But what they have to do is, is it's only one way. Mm-hmm. You can only go from that world to here, and then they take over the body completely, and then they have to also siphon energy from uh, the tree, the the, uh, the leafa tree. It's, an, it's two eyes. It always threw me off too. So it's kind of weird. Like it's 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 sad, mm-hmm. and it's and you feel for like they're just trying to live. They're mm-hmm. just trying to survive. But then they, you know there's those evil intentions behind it. But then you you kind of get this like well then now what do I feel about the main character like yeah like this changes my whole aspect and perspective on this guy is a hero but he's he's literally from he stole this body yeah. And that was cool. It challenged it challenged what I liked about the character. Yeah. Um. So so that, that it this game is crazy. Yeah. There's it, a you lot. You just need to play it. There's a lot of of you think you know this character. Well, let me just explain to you what you didn't know and how this absolutely changes your view on the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It's great. Yeah, it's really good. There's there's a lot of callbacks, like as we said, VV being mm-hmm. Black Mage. There is a, even a Star Wars reference in this. Did you know that? I'm sure I did. I mean, Biggs and Wedge were in all like all the old Squaresoft games. Um, you'll have to remind me of what the reference is in this one. So in the final boss battle against Necron, mm-hmm. he says in his monologue, "You ready? Uh huh. Fear leads to anger. Oh, geez. anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering." Nice. He literally says a line from Yoda, wow. which which is perfect because because they are fearful for mm-hmm. their world. But it's just really funny how much of a this game is like a nostalgia ride yeah. of, of whatever's just come out before it that they can right. Put and in Star there. Wars was literally a year before. So yeah, as they're trans like, dude, that's a really sweet line. <laughs> um, that movie kind of sucked, but that was an awesome line. <laughs> also in this game, the ending changed seven times before they settled really? that one. So I th- I think my very first appearance ever with uh, Motor City Gaming was episode seven of the Bit by Eight Bit podcast. Okay, and I told the story of like the most disappointing moment in video games mm-hmm. for me um, was when I beat Final Fantasy IX for the first time, and I was watching the ending, and it stopped because my disc was scratched and I never knew. Oh God! So I had like I I think I had just gotten my license, or well no because it would have been. No, I, so I didn't have my license yet. I actually just asked. I told my mom, I was like, you need to take me over to my buddy Craig's house. And I took my memory card, <laughs> and I beat it again. Oh, man. Just so I could see the ending, because yeah. mine had just this huge gouge at the end of the disc. So that's what I always – when I think of the ending of Final Fantasy IX, I always remember It's so epic the, for you. Yeah. It was, it was like – you were so invested. I was like, oh, my God, this is so – what's he doing? He's like, and he's like going th- going to find Kuja in the, in the Aoife tree, and, and it just stops. Like, what – what's happening <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the developers like even them they couldn't decide on one ending and it took seven different endings before they finally got it have they talked about what the other endings possibly i were? haven't found any info on it okay i would like to see but i haven't found a lot of detail on it yeah and um there was actually a so there's two things i want to hit on one is a bug and one is a different game uh feature of this than oh, oh, wow boy, i'm so sorry for that that came out of nowhere Woo! Ridiculous. All right, anyways, I'll get to the bug first. So in the original versions of the game, which, so, uh, funny story, um, I think that this bug isn't available in, like, later releases, Mm -hmm. but in the original versions that came out on disc three, you could get a gold chocobo, okay? Okay. If you could get a gold chocobo, you could fly to Ibsen's castle and skip the Desert Palace, Olivert, the Esto Hazard, and Mount Gulag. You wow. could skip a whole ton of the game, uh, and then it'll immediately let you go to Hildegard 3. Okay. And then these are all very specific, so if you don't know the game, sorry. Right. But anyways, but basically this allows you to get Excalibur faster, Excalibur mm-hmm. 3 faster. Um, but what happens is that Garnet stays in her mute mode permanently. Oh, geez. So she just kind of becomes useless? Basically. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think it's cool because like, you could probably, like, speedrun it a little bit yeah. if you could do that. But it's, I didn't end up using Garnet in the end anyway. Yeah, I didn't. Summons really weren't. I didn't use them too much. Yeah, my my final team was Quena, Zidane, uh, Steiner, and Freya, because mm-hmm. every one of them I had done something in the game to give them one of their attacks always do nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine damage. Well, that's yeah with any Final Fantasy game, like so, next to the round, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So well, I mean, like Quena, there was a there's a, a frog catching mini game because she loves to eat frogs. Right. 
um, if you caught 99 frogs, then her she had a, like a frog squash ability that came and did 9,099 damage. For every dragon you killed with Freya, she did her attack was exponential based on that. Steiner had something for every battle you fought or something. It's something crazy. And how many times you stole with Zidane, I think. Yeah, and these aren't like, no, like you don't really know them. They're just yeah. kind of like, you figure it out. Yeah. Um, But one of my favorite parts of this game, and I think you're going to agree with me, is the Tetra game. Tetra Master? Tetra Master game, card game. It was, t- and I still don't fully understand, like even as I, I was playing recently, oh, it's I don't very fully confusing. understand the the card strengths, and it was always like, I hope this works, I hope this works. Right. So like saving before every card battle. Oh, so That's one thing I thought Final Fantasy VIII did better. I thought Quad, uh, well, was it Quad Mist? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, I, Quad Mist might have been the Final Fantasy VIII or Nine game. I don't remember which. Anyway, I thought that there was a little more straightforward as far as the cards you had and what strengths they had mm-hmm. and how it worked. But you know, they give the card games a lot of fun. It's so much fun. Like it's I spent time, so much time hours, wasting so things. Hours. It's not even like it doesn't do anything it for d- you in the game. Does nothing for you. It's just a side feature. Mm-hmm. But it's a, so much. Could, it's like Gwent for for uh, your Witcher fans out there. Yeah, you had a different button that you. So you, normally you would you would talk to someone with uh, X, I believe it was. Yeah. And if you hit square, they would either say the same thing or they'd say. Yeah, I got cards you want to play? Yeah, right. <laughs> you could literally play anybody. Everybody played this. There were a bunch of dumb mini games in this to get those cards. Like there was a uh, there was a character named Hip Hall who was a, a fat little hippo kid and his mom was like, "He plays too many card games. I'm going to start giving away his cards, uh, but also can you race him?" <laughs> and so you <laughs> just had to al- you had to alternate between like circle and X to run faster than Hip Hall and the more you f- the more you raced him, the faster he got. Oh, God. And you would eventually get, like, cards. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. It's crazy. So we love this game. Yes. I, I would, I'm right, actually, I would say I'm, that it's okay. I need to go back and finish my most recent playthrough. Because I'll start a playthrough every once in a while and always just kind of, like, I, I think I'm at almost at the end of the third disc, and I just need to finish it just so I can relive the ending again. Because it, it's, it's still a little bit fuzzy for me aside from, remembering the tragedy of it not playing right but so we i would i think that it's safe to say we probably both would rate this an eight out of eight bits eight out of eight yeah absolutely yeah. It, it's one of these stapled rpg games that you have to play along with final fantasy 7 mm-hmm. uh for you it's six as well yeah or three whichever you want to call so, it yeah right? the, the whole uh, six is it and for super nintendo in america it was final fantasy three yeah so it caused a huge confusion in 97 when we got Final Fantasy 7. We're like, well, what happened to 4, 5, and 6? Well, you've secretly sort of been playing two of them forever. Yep. But. And it's it's if you can you can get it on virtual, like you yeah, can download it on the PSN it's store. It's on PSN. I think it's $9, $9 or maybe 15 It was on like sale that. a while ago for like 2 bucks, mm-hmm. which is when I picked it up. Yeah, I think I have 9 7 and 8 on my system. Mm-hmm. Um but play it, enjoy it, listen to the music. This is the last bit of old school Square Enix, Squaresoft, sorry, mm-hmm. that you're going to get afterwards it changes completely. Yep. So like it's it's a great end to that era of JRPGs yep. that I think both you and I miss a lot of. Yep. And I got that back with like Nino Kuni, mm-hmm. which was a little bit like Pokemon JRPG and I am Setsuna, but yeah, I'm really excited with the Switch coming out. I'm excited to give that there's, a shot. There's started watching a couple more trailers for it and it looks really good. It's really good. It's it's it is awesome. Yeah. That's one thing I miss about those old RPGs is the storytelling. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to try that again. So that's been this week's 
discussion topic of our one of our favorite games. Yeah. Did you know there was uh, they did Coca Cola commercials with Final Fantasy Nine? No, I didn't. Yeah. There's actually on the soundtrack there are two different uh, extra songs that are for the Coca Cola commercials. Wow. Yeah, like Zidane had a Coke or something. I don't remember what it what it was exactly. <laughs> That's weird. But I just remember like in in my soundtrack like on my comp- when it pops up on my phone it was like Final Fantasy Nine Coca Cola like. Okay. <laughs> I don't, oh, okay. Don't remember them drinking Coca Cola in the in the game, but with yeah, the Coke, I guess with the Coke bears. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? So, let's get into I guess this week's uh, retro relapse, right? Yep. We can go into some retro relapse. All right. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for retro relapse on the Legend of Retro podcast. Retro relapse. It was the end. Of days, it was the best of times. 1997. It was the worst. Skynet times. sent the Terminators. <laughs> this game is terrible. It, oh we my God. we played T2, the arcade, the arcade game, game, which should have stayed NES. in the arcade. It absolutely. I don't know. It shouldn't have stayed in the arcade. It should have been destroyed. <laughs> this game is made by who? Uh, LJN. I gotta look this up because I forgot. I'm pretty sure it's LJN. Anyway. It was made by people who had the license for Terminator and really shouldn't have done anything with it. Uh, I'm sure there's a... I've never been a huge Terminator person. Like, I'm not, like I've, I've seen Terminator 2. I don't think I've ever seen the original Terminator, and I certainly haven't watched anything beyond that. So this is developed by Midway. Midway? Arcade. Um, yeah, Midway in, in Acclaim. Okay. I thought I saw an LJN logo, the little LJN with a rainbow. Um, but it's a... It's a shooter, which I'm assuming was some sort of light gun shooter in the arcade. It was a railgun shooter in the arcade. So here, I'm going to show you a picture it's of a, a Terminator playing the game. <laughs> nice. Which is like yeah, so you, genocide so you have for a, himself. You've got a, a machine gun on a on a stick that you swivel back and forth and you aim. You just hold the trigger and shoot. Yeah. Um, There's not a lot to this game. Yeah, it's a si- it's si- scrolls left to right, so you're strafing the entire time, if you want to imagine it's, that. It's like the Punisher game. For never, those of you played you never played the Punisher Warzone game? No. Never mind. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you've got a machine gun and you've got homing missiles, you get, and you've got like gun power. Yeah. So <laughs> one thing that maybe hindered our playing of this is we, when we hooked it up. So in the uh, in the game room here, uh, they've been playing more. They've been playing the PS4 Pros and all that. They've they've got all the retro stuff, but it's not always hooked up. And we aren't super familiar with how we you know we don't want to disrupt their life because it's you know it's their normal game. It's room. not our stuff, so yeah. we're gonna so we're we, gonna work with it as best we can without. Yeah. Excuse my language. So we um, <laughs> we we hooked it up and it was in black and white basically. <laughs> it was gray scre- gray scaled, so the sound worked. Um, but it was. It, it was bleak, which you like. Yeah. You're like, I was like, like it kind of enhances it. it. And you're like, no, this is bleak. I like it. So it took, <laughs> I played through once um, and got a game over, and then I handed the controller over to you. Yeah. And I never noticed the little power ups at the bottom of the screen, which you eventually found. Yeah. I think it's, we probably would have noticed if it was in color. Maybe. More. But you shoot these boxes, and it's got like the meaning, most meaningless power ups. Yeah. It, like, it allows you to a new, like, uh, diagnostic screen like this weapon does this this weapon recharges faster yeah this one what one said rapid recharge faster the other one said f- faster cooldown yeah I think they're exactly the same yeah. things well, I think one of because but they look different so you've got essentially two buttons you've got machine gun and you've got missile your machine gun eventually wears down like it, it'll go from shooting like 
And yeah, then, it's basically a pistol at that yeah, point. Yeah, it turns into a pistol at that point, and you have to stop shooting it for it to reload, or you can get these uh, these power-ups to get it back. Um, or there was also missiles, and there was like an ion gun I had for approximately a plasma three gun. and a half seconds. It was like gone immediately. Yeah. It, but, the, uh, it was neat. Yeah, so you basically have this apocalyptic background and Terminators walking left and right, occasionally stopping to shoot at you. Um, yeah, so it takes place in the future. There's no way the to Terminator dodge movies. damage, as far as I can tell. They just shoot. You, you have shoot. this huge life bar on the side that you have no control over. It's not life; it's energy. Energy, whatever. Um, but yeah, it was just, and we got to the we got to the boss because I was determined after we both kind of gave it a go, and I saw how much farther the chops got than I did. I was like, we're gonna we're gonna at least finish the first level. We're gonna commit to it. Yes, and I still died like six more times. But when we fought the first boss, is this giant tank. With, like, swiveling gun turrets that, yep. like, when you shoot them, like, shake their head no. Like, no, stop no, hitting me. No, stop, stop, and then they blow up. And it's got, like, a missile launcher, and it's a tank that just moves left and right. So it's a long just straight. It's real slow. And yeah. it's got an electrical field generator. Like, I guess. Like, it looks like lightning bolts and a cross show up on So, the so long as you can keep a steady pace of moving the left and right, or the D-pad to the left and right, you can just keep shooting at this thing. But it took, like, eight minutes. Yeah, I don't. Which is ridiculous. Probably because the color would have helped. Maybe maybe see. there was some kind of identifier of where its weak point was, but it's still like that took so long. Yeah, like this I died five terrible. times trying to fight this boss, and then the second level, all or- Arnold Schwarzeneggers. Yeah, all Arnold <laughs> you're Schwarzenegger. A whole bunch of Arnold Schwarzeneggers, and you're not supposed to kill any humans. And like, how are you supposed to tell the difference? I guess with color. Oh, oh, and let's be real. In the first level, oh, yeah, there's there, a there spot humans. where you get to there a two wall. There's two spots. There's, there's, oh. a, there's a spot where you get to a wall. You're thinking no, of the, no, the wall um, no. you have to kill? No, I'm thinking of the first. No, like the, the cover wall okay. they have. And there's four humans in front of you, basically evenly spaced out. Yep. And there's Terminators on the other side, and then there's ones that walk behind them because obviously our teammates are dumb and don't know how to shoot. Yep. Keep Terminators away from so them. So imagine a line of your friends standing in a row, and the, there's a line of enemies that are right on the other side of them that stand maybe like a head's length over them. And you're supposed and you to need to them. shoot them with pinpoint accuracy. Yeah. And you are shooting over your friend's heads. Yeah. They're not moving. Nope. But they're screaming when you shoot them in the back. No. 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 Yeah. And then eventually they get killed. Yeah. And, and you lose. And it says human casualty. <laughs> yeah. And you lose, I think, 100,000 points for everyone you kill. And it's 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 so dumb. Yeah. This game was terrible. So the second level we played for two seconds before we were just done. Yeah, um, there's a bunch of Arnold Schwarzeneggers yep. with like there's a dog guns. you can't kill, there's and there's like there's enemies across. There's the There's a top. person with like a gun turret in the background shooting it, and it literally looks like he's having a good time with the gun turret. Yeah, it's really looks awkward. like he's just having. And this he's got game some kind of crazy gun fetish. It's it's it would be great as an arcade. Yeah, I would spend fifty cents to play it once. Yeah, and that would be it. Yeah, That'd be done. I was th- my my first thought when we were playing this game was. There are so many bad games, <laughs> so yes. many bad retro games, and I think of all the times, like when I've worked at the rental store and people have rented games and come back like a day later, like this game sucks. Like, can I get something else? And I'm like, yeah, fine. I have to imagine ninety percent of the games that were rented out back in the Man. were like, this is awful. I don't understand how I'm playing it, and this is just dumb. Can I please get something else? <laughs> like, rental stores were so much more of a necessity back in the day, yeah, I feel, the than games they are, so are expensive. now. Yeah, they the games so were super expensive, and half of them were just garbage. Yep. But, uh, yeah, this one, this one was real bad. Sorry to you if you love this game and it's your favorite, but... Maybe you can come over and show us what we missed. I guess so. I would give this game two bits. Like, I wouldn't even give it that. Really? I'd give it a one. 
Wow. I think this might be the first time I've given a game a one. It's garbage. It's I, there's garbage. nothing that made me want to go back and play it. There, like The only thing I wanted to, to do was finish the first level just so I could say we did. And it was just, it was not a good It time. was not satisfying even after nope. you did it. Nope. Nope. So Terminator, or T2, the arcade game, avoided it at all costs. Yes, please avoid it. Unless you're a Terminator fan or just a bad fan of bad games. So Ethan, give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right up his wheelhouse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that uh, that does it for Legend of Re- or not uh, the re- retro, retro relapse. relapse. Not Legend of Retro. We're just getting started. No, we're sort not. Sort of, no. But we are introducing a new feature. Uh, if you saw the the hack video that we posted on the Facebook group, which, by the way, if you've not joined the Facebook group, Go in, send us a request. We'll add you in instantaneously. Well, maybe not instantaneously. As soon as we see the request, we'll the Legend we'll say of yes. Retro. Uh, Legend of Retro on Facebook. Uh, join it on there. We're posting uh, all sorts of stuff about retro games. Whereas the uh, the games those more kind of focused on current and like and all that. We are kind of just like I just beat the original Legend of Zelda last night, and I posted a screenshot. And like, hey, what games have you finished? So it's kind of a more of a discussion based specifically around retro stuff. And we'll have polls and stuff going up. Uh, different questions about. Um, whatever topics or episodes um and if you want to get in touch with saying hey try this for retro relapse or do an episode on this please uh put it on there and we'll do our best to get to it as soon as we can get it in the collection we'll do it i know we still have what is it shadow hearts has been haunting us for years and years now a game that was requested of shadow hearts i think someone recently did rygar was that yeah rygar we got a request for uh I mean, let's be real. These games got to be easy for us to get. Yeah, that's that's the one. That's going to be the hardest thing because, yeah. uh, I mean, like, we've played a lot of games. Some games we haven't, and if we're going to do our research, I want to play it. Yeah. So we don't want to give you, like, oh, we think this is what's happening. We, we read a lot on Wikipedia. This is what it said. Like, you can do that. We want to give you something where we can provide our our personal experience. But one thing that we're really going to be pushing for the next couple of weeks or possibly months, however it works out, is we wanted to set up a uh, bracket tournament yeah, kind of deal. We're doing RPG protagonists. Yes. So you're heroes of your favorite retro RPG games. And not your favorites, our favorites. Yes, our uh, favorites. <laughs> and you're going to quickly realize that I like one specific type of character. Yep, the beef. Yep, the, the BDFs. The beefy guy. The big dumb fighters. Yep. Um, they're just so endearing to me. <laughs> Anyway, I why. yeah. So every every episode where we actually you know give you a bit of a history lesson on a game, we're gonna go back and or we're gonna just go back and look at these classic RPGs and tell you who some of our favorite characters were. Uh, I have sixteen. Chops has sixteen, and we're gonna have you guys vote and see who uh, who is the winner of our first uh, Legend of Retro RPG protagonist tournament championship edition. Yeah, we may have you. We may have you participate in the future in like a different poll and helping us develop these brackets. But we kind of wanted to to give you something to start on Mm -hmm. based on our our interests, just so you can kind of get to know what uh, some of our favorite RPG characters are. So to start this off, yeah, I'm going to choose one of my all time favorite characters. Okay, and it is. And one thing we should say about this is so Legend of Retro with our retro parameters, we go as far back as we can go, up to. Uh, the original Cube. Xbox, yeah. GameCube, and PlayStation Two. Mm-hmm. Um, we're breaking this a little bit for Mass Effect. Well, Mass, yeah, Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Is, I mean, is almost ten years old at this point. I yeah. think. Yeah. So the first one came out on three sixty. Yeah, it was three Xbox three sixty. Yeah. Just because there was a, we didn't want to pick a ton of characters from the same games. Yes. And we tried to limit ourselves to 
one per per game per person. So, and, and while we've played a lot of role playing games, not all of them need to be in this list. Yes, <laughs> there are some terrible ones. Yeah, there's some uh, ones two worlds. Never, never. No, no, play I've, two worlds. I've seen the cover, but I've never played. Don't it. play two worlds. Okay. So I came up with a two worlds. We're breaking him with a sequel on it. You want to know what it's called? What's that? Two worlds two. Nice. It's the dumbest name for a video game I've ever heard. So we're we're Anyways. breaking that parameter just for Mass Effect because Mass Effect. Yes. So yeah. So my first one I want to choose is one of my all time favorite games. One of the main reasons why I love the PlayStation One is an RPG machine. Is this Legend of Dragoon? That is Dart from Legend of Dragoon. Okay. What about Legend? What? Tell me about him. Uh, I've never played Legend of Dragoon, so he's the Red Ranger of RPGs. Okay, so this game highly focuses on color. So you have a red dragon, a green, a purple, a blue, or like a a red, a teal. Does it a purple? Is a black person a black? The black no dragoon no. Is the Asian person the the yellow? They're sprites. They're not really okay. It's kind of hard. To, I wasn't sure if they were define. being as racist as Saban was or not. But the he's the main hero, and what's cool with him is there's a really big turn in the game involving him and is a really big his turd father in the game. Turn, oh, turn. Okay. I don't want to ruin it because it'll probably come up in a later okay. episode. Well, and plus I need to play this game apparently. You do? So. Oh, you? Oh, yes. So he's one of my all-time favorite characters. Okay. Um. So my character is from one of the first role-playing games that I played on the PlayStation One. Uh, I was at a friend's house and he showed me uh, the anime cutscenes that were in it. I was blown away. I was like, I have to play this game, um, and it with good reason. This this game's humor is just phenomenal. Uh, so Lunar Silver Star story complete. Uh, Lunar, of course, was on the the Sega CD. It still had a little bit of charm, but uh, I believe it was Working Designs uh, was the company that remastered that, as well as a couple other games like Ark the Lad and a couple a uh, couple others. But they focus so much on the presentation of making it something like when you bought lunar silver star story complete you got a hardcover instruction manual you got a soundtrack uh to the game you got a making of disc that also had a secret little pong game that you could play like they they pulled out all the stops and making their their normal editions of the games feel like collector's editions and they had pendants yes you can get Um, for lunar uh uh, eternal blue complete a pendant and then the first one came with a coin the first one came with a cloth map. Was that it? Yeah. Okay. Um, they made like punching puppets of the the main of the main antagonist. Yeah, yep, like, I remember that. It's crazy. But anyway, the character that I chose from this is Kyle. Uh, he's just a barbarian. Uh, just big sword, like dresses in a loincloth. Your classic barbarian character. And the first time you meet him, like you 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 keep being told like you need to meet Kyle. He's the leader of our. Of our city, you need to meet my friend Kyle. He's really cool. Yeah, like before you go through here, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to talk to Kyle, and then you you see Kyle for the first time locked in the dungeon of his <laughs> own place, and he just wakes up and just stretches an anime cutscene where he goes, Ah, Kyle had himself another night of wine, women, and song. Leans towards the camera, goes, Personally, between you and I, I think I had a little bit too much of the wine, but the women didn't complain, and he falls back asleep. <laughs> he's, that, like, that's your introduction to this leader of this <laughs> He's this a fool. Place. Yeah, so he, but he has a heart of gold, and, he, and, he, and he's strong and fights for his friends as well as, as any other one of them and falls in, has had a relationship with one of the other characters in the game that gets rekindled and... It's he's just an all around solid dude. I really like Kyle. It's a great so, game. I want to play that again. Yeah, that's one of those games. Every time I talk about, it, I'm like, oh, I really need to go back and play that one. So, week one uh, is Kyle versus Dart. Dart. Yes. 
So look for that on the Facebook page. We'll put that up as soon as this episode airs, and you vote for it, and then we'll kind of keep you guys tallied on who's winning on those. And then, uh, yeah, we'll eventually crown a winner. It'll be pretty great. Yeah, we'll go through it. So that's so been with that. That kind of yeah. wraps up this episode, the kickoff of the new season of Legend of Retro. Which yep. did we say what's different about it? So I don't think we did. I mean, aside from the the video that we that was on the Facebook page, um, we are not going to be an episode or putting out an episode every other week. We're no, just not going to yeah, do that. That's just not going to happen because uh, we're going to do every single week. That's right. So if you've you've ever been ever been like, oh, why is this an off week for the Legend of Retro? I wish it was. Every single week, we finally heard your wishes and prayers and decided to answer them. Yes, and with that in mind, we're going to you know come up with regular episodes like these, but yep. we're going to do some uh, unique ones, similar to how uh, Xander took the control and, and brought a really great episode of Rhythm of Retro out. Mm-hmm. So that way we can kind of keep things a little bit fresh, give a little bit different of a perspective of an episode, kind of focus maybe on some community things. So if yep. there's like a series of style of games you want us to hit on, like on our favorites, so... If they're if you are a huge fan of tennis games, right, and you want us to talk about the t- greatest tennis games, sure, we'll, Mario we'll tennis, try our chart. Mario tennis, for Virtual Boy is the only one I've ever the, played. I think uh, actual tennis. Oh, we tennis, game, we tennis. You know, like uh, this is just something off the top of my yeah. head. But we're gonna try to do something more like I that. I guess we can start rolling Wii into our retro because we are. Uh, we're about a by the time this episode airs, we're about a week away from the Switch, which will make Wii U the most recent before that, and the Wii. Retro, if you I will. I don't know. I don't know. That's pushing it. Yeah, there's not really anything. It's not worth it to yeah. do it. It's really not. No. But anyways, yes. But we could. So, no. <laughs> Weekly, and we're going to come up with some different types of episodes for you, too, as well. So, we want to thank you, though, for being patient in our release. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just want to make sure that we had enough stuff for you guys and we get ourselves set so that we can make sure we're consistent. Yep. Um, so, it'll still be out every Thursday. Keep an eye out. And also listen to the Gamezilla podcast, which is yep. every Tuesday, and they are can live or live streamed on Monday on nights. Mondays. Yep, you can listen to it live on Twitch. You can just go to Gaming in the D, mm-hmm. Gaming in Detroit. Yep. Um, you go to mmortarcitygaming.com. Yep, it's a website or and, a social media platform. Yep, you can look us up on all the Facebooks, the mm-hmm. Instagrams, and also they are also coming out with Gamezilla Alpha soon. Yep. So if that's not out already, keep an eye out on Motor out for City that. Gaming for more information on that when that's going to launch. Yes. Uh, we also want to thank Detroit Beard Collective. Yes. Thank you for sponsoring us. Yes. Use the code MC Gaming at checkout. I'm gonna have to do that now. I because have to do it. You're getting I, something. I, I got. I decided I just wanted to let it go. You got something so, going. It's uh, it's not great, but it's a step in the right direction. Right. Right. So, uh, MC Gaming at checkout save twenty percent on twenty five dollar orders or more. Mm-hmm. And that's been this week's on the Legend of Retro. So yes. we thank you all. And we will see you next time. That's right. When the legend continues. Mm-hmm.